Hemp is the, one of the oldest cultivated crops in mankind and in the new world, and it's one of the least understood. It's like the oldest and the newest at the same time. How unique. I have not been active at all on ASTM yet, other than sending back some balance, some ballots. Bill, I want to be, um, and I'm, but I'm, I'm definitely tuning in so that I can inform as point person for my company, the, the rules that we're putting in the exchange, the standards that we're creating. Hey guys, it's Mandy with Global Hemp Association. I wanted to say thank you so much for joining. I'm excited about the opportunity to build a relationship and connect this supply chain. I mean, after all, that's why we started the association. Our association was built on the foundation of connecting supply chain, building relationships, and helping you grow your business. Anyone from farmers, manufacturers, and distributors, people that are passionate about the supply chain, and those creating products selling into biofuels, plastics, textiles, construction, and building materials. Glad to have you on. Okay, so before we start, though, about Nash X, because, of course, this is what fuels my fires, the fiber side, but um, when people say, well, who's on my advisory board, or what are you doing, and who is Greg, and what's his background, can you tell us a little bit? I, I want to know, where did you come I don't know. <laughs> I do, but I know that there's a lot of people that don't, and why, yeah, I love it, so I'm curious. Well, it, it's because I come from a background of brain science and um, pharmacology. And, you know, my, my research started back in 97 mm -hmm. as a graduate student in pharmacology at Vanderbilt University. I did not go to study marijuana. I went to study neurosciences. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have a PhD program in neurosciences per se at that time. But I was in a neurophysiology lab. I was in the pharmacology department. It ended up being perfect for me. And we were asking questions about the biology of learning and memory and how brain cells adjust their connections, what we refer to as like neuroplasticity, which is also a very popular, important concept. Um, and, and I was in the right place at the right time to make some discoveries about what we now call the endocannabinoid system and how these molecules work to shape neuroplasticity and how they travel sort of backwards the traditional flow of information in the nervous system as a feedback. So neurons, brain cells, release endocannabinoids, our body's own THC-like cannabinoid molecules, um, and, and they act backwards to sort of sculpt or tune their own inputs. Cells all over the body, it turns out, release these cannabis-inspired kind of molecules, the endocannabinoids, to regulate physiology. And I help make some of those first discoveries. And so I've had a name in like the hard sciences of cannabis pharmacology, and I've been networked in there. I went, I was a college professor. I've always studied the biology of cannabis. I've consulted and been involved with the cannabis industry. And I've known hempsters on the, on the, you know, industrial and fiber side for a long time, people who are way ahead of their time, you know, trying to, trying to bring hemp into mainstream and, and re, um, Remobilize a hemp ag economy long before you could because it's just been prohibited. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I resigned a tenured college faculty position. I was a professor of biology at a little liberal arts school called Eckerd College in St. Petersburg, Florida, at a time when the medical cannabis um, ballot initiative was being started. Mm -hmm. The state was going to vote on medical marijuana, and um, I had thought, wow, in Florida, I thought Florida was moving much faster. I actually wrote an op-ed about it. It was kind of went somewhat viral very quickly. The organizers of that ballot initiative said, hey, you know, we would love for you to talk about this stuff out and about. So I didn't like hit the road show, but around Tampa Bay area, I, I debated sheriffs and different people arguing that cannabis should stay prohibited and wasn't medicine and I said no you're wrong and uh, and the crowd is resoundingly always on my side because it's incredibly popular the tide long changed of popular opinion mm -hmm. so to condense the story there I left full-time academia co-founded and was chief scientist of one of the first medical cannabis companies in Florida um, 
I have uh, been a chief scientist for a hemp extraction company based out of Colorado. So I got highly involved and understood the extraction, the mess. Well, yes, the te <laughs> technology of extraction and, and distillation and, and lab analysis. This is all very much in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, the economics, the transactions, the the lack of transparency and frankly honesty and just the mess that has been the hemp industry, which has been almost exclusively the CBD oil industry. Right. Um, and how sellers don't know what they've even got as far as percent CBD or compliance or so buyers certainly don't know. And there's just a lot of uh, gaming the system on all sides. And this isn't to throw, you know, broad stroke character assassination anywhere. There's lots of reasons for it. Um, but I saw what a mess it was. I also co-founded a medical cannabis dispensary up in West Virginia, which is where I spent last year. Um, it's going to kind of be a stop in my road, but um, I'm now back in Nashville, where I haven't been for 20 years. And I came back because at a time when I was really at, at this point of like, what am I going to do next? I got contacted by a, a good friend of mine from childhood who, whereas I went to study deep into neuroscience and pharmacology, and I studied the biology of cannabis pretty broadly for 25 years. I think about how cannabis works and grows and acts in us for 25 years. Mm -hmm. I get a little tickled sometimes when people are like, I've been in the cannabis industry five years. I'm an old schooler. Um, <laughs> And, and, and it's like, I've, I'm not a household name, but um, I've been around. Um, and and I've, I've done everything from like studied brain physiology to like run integrated pest management in a, in a pretty large cannabis greenhouse. And, um, but my buddy Lee Greer, he took a deep dive and studied in um, microeconomics. He's a mathematical economist and uh, financial uh, services kind of expertise. He has a PhD in economics. He has a law degree. He worked in banking. And he called me up and said, Greg, I, you know, I've got an adventure coming on here, an idea that is a exchange platform, a commodities exchange for hemp. And I would need someone like you. And I don't know anybody like you. You're the only person I thought of. And I would really like to rope you in on this. And we've just been steamrolling sort of snowballing ever since. I mean, it was three weeks after that conversation, I was in Nashville talking about moving back down here. My family's here. It makes a lot of sense, yeah. but, um, but I'm super excited about it. Well, Nashville's a hot place. I mean, Tennessee will be a hot place for the hemp. You know, there is so much enthusiasm and interest in hemp here. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is the CBD phenomenon, which, you know, I'm not... The pharmacology of cannabinoids is something I know very well, and it's part of why I'm getting so much airplay, I guess you will, these days, because the 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 direction that the cannabis industry at large has been running towards of these CBD-derived isomers, okay. semi-synthetics or column synthetic drugs that are cannabinoid drugs um, derived from CBD whether it's legal or not, what it means, how it works. It's happening much faster than the public can keep up with. I don't really want to talk about that so much today because I'm talking about it a lot. Yeah. But um, suffice to say that it, the issue is, to me, the, the, the most important issue is quality control, actual standards of safety and, and, um, and, and knowing what's actually in products rather than taking sort of kitchen chemistry experiments and just moving them into a marketplace, which is going on. Um, yeah. And and part of what we're doing in NASHX certainly is driven by the notion in all sectors of the hemp industries, because really it's more than one industry, right? Um, that buyers and sellers know what they're getting and that there's high standards of of defining what the products are and um, and and feeding that into fluid, efficient, transaction platforms that minimize the cost and therefore you know, just make it more of a active and, and again, yeah, fluid sort of market dynamic. Right. Okay. So 
talk to me about this transition and what talk to me about the platform or the majority of what's on the platform or where you're headed. Will it be heavy cannabinoid or more cannabinoid exchange now, or really are you focusing strictly on the fiber, the grain? What is it's not, it it is not a, um, so I, I believe that hemp is the diversity of the cannabis plant is such that it merits its own dedicated, organized, intelligent marketplace because it has so many diverse operations. Like you said, it feeds into pretty much every industry. It's not an industry. It's, it's feeding into all of these different verticals. Well, and it, it it will, right. It needs to the hemp hempsters have been saying for decades, hemp save the planet. And that's great. We have, we're at a time now where we actually can dial in further and, and it grow that language and say hemp, it can be and must be a vital part of achieving global sustainability goals. And that's just talk unless you say how, you know, that's what, we're doing. what does that look like? And it looks like building up an industry that has been prohibited. You know, research has been prohibited. There, there's, such a, there's such a lot of work to do, but it is something that can be rallied around. You know, let's put American ingenuity into this, right? in different levels and lots of innovation has to come to it but yes hemp the material properties of hemp are as amazing as the pharmacology of its resin it's a remarkable plant and um to get to your question no the nashx as an exchange platform is not uniquely situated to either one when lee came to me he had it in his perception you know it's largely a notion of the cbd hemp industry is a mess and let's work on this. And from the very first conversation, I said, Lee, I'm really hooked on the idea. I think this is fantastic what you're telling me and what you're showing me. Cause this, this isn't like a vaporware idea, like we're getting funding or we're going to build it. It's working. And I can go into that in a second. Um, But, um, but I immediately said, but we need to build this for the fiber side. I mean, that's the true commodity crop. That's the true, um, point of the industry that is going to be a playing a role in in really helping things going down carbon regenerative agriculture helping the seal soil and let's face it i mean i love the plant for its resonance cannabinoid profile but that's always going to kind of fall in the specialty crop phenomenon i mean you don't need that it's an incredibly efficient great producer it's in the fiber side if it's going to penetrate all of these markets from textiles and you know, non-wovens and wood and everything that it can help to to substitute that is now petrochemical founded. Yeah, this lead needs to lead to hundreds of millions of acres, and that is a true product where farmers and processors and buyers they will naturally want stable, you know, contracts and relationships. And I know you deal with these conversations all the time, but they also need a really smart functioning spot market to buy something with specs that they can trust and a platform that works and that they can trust on demand. And that can evolve into a true futures market where a company can reliably and in a a rigorous way, a regulated way by sort of secondary markets by futures contracts. And that is where our, our company is going toward, but it's a stepwise sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and not yeah. just because of the company, because the industry. I well, of course. Where the industry. Somebody asked me yesterday, I had a great call with a gentleman that thought that he had understood the value of hemp until we start talking about things like graphene and you know, carbon and uh, regenerative agriculture and so forth. Much bigger, right? And, and again, yeah. it was this take back of, you know, okay, hold on, let's time out on our call. I'm going to go do some research and then we'll come back and look again, right. look at this again. And, and it's not because he, he asked me, he said, well, then if it's so great, like you're saying, how come we're not doing it? And it really is this reality of, we have this opportunity. Um, and this is where the innovation comes in, right? Mm-hmm. We have that opportunity mm-hmm. for innovation, but we've got to build that supply. We can't yeah. dump $100 million and then all of a sudden we have a million acres. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we we in in what whatever sufficed as American history when we were kids in school, you know, the cotton gin was always like Eli Whitney's cotton gin changed everything. 
uh, and you look back at that, but the co cotton as an industry, it grew slowly over decades. And, and yeah. the, the current situation we have now where cotton is produced in some maybe 17 states nationwide, there's a whole network of warehouses that, that uh, uh, you know, obtain it, you help grade it. There's a government entity that helps to fund this and um, it's distributed. There's some 500 to 550 different like ginning sort of facilities. And hemp is at a place where it's like we're hoping to get five or six sort of decortication plants. It's going to get into, if it's going to follow the model that has worked for other commodity crops, um, the industry has to be built up. It takes innovation. It it's takes investment. These. Say again? It's bigger than these commodity crops, some of these others. Hemp? Yeah. Cotton, cotton is limited in the sense that it's not replacing plastic bottles where hemp has that option to be doing the plastic bottles and yeah. the t-shirts and the ropes. And, right. you know, and I think and, so. and in some ways, cotton maybe, maybe and is easier for textile formation and yarn, but yeah, it's a water hog yeah. and we're living in the 21st century. And if you can grow, if you can build up the hemp infrastructure to process hemp and put it into products and it'll be blends first, right? I'm a, yeah. I'm a model for Patagonia today. This is <laughs> cotton and hemp. Uh, it's a blend, I love but it. if you can grow textile fiber from something that can grow off of rainwater and not irrigation that can be used to something mm -hmm. else, well, we, that's got to be part of the solution. And mm -hmm. part of what I'm excited about the fiber and in, truly ag industrial side of hemp and moving into that with my energy is that, I mean, let's face it, on the cannabis side, call it the marijuana side, um, the type one cannabis that's THC dominant, whatever you want to call it. Um, it should be part of the sustainability solution, mm -hmm. and it's not. It's, it's been part of the problem because of the way the industry has grown. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of active problem solving on the level of sustainability when it comes to the flower production for type 1 cannabis. And, and hemp, the hemp industry is all about trying to solve problems and being part of regenerative agriculture mm -hmm. and what it means. And, um, and we're... And we're we're excited to be in the thick of that. Um, so that was an interesting you know, comment. I mean, and that's an interesting bridge that it's not, it's so obvious, um, but not something that's talked about is where is that focus of each of those two industries? And when we talk, yeah. there's, I'm asked all the time, you know, how do we bridge this up on Capitol Hill? We have the same plant fighting against each other in policy because one is for medical and one is for the ag big agriculture and mm -hmm. yeah and then this whole isomer chemistry thing really blurs it in a weird way and threatens to create misconceptions and blowbacks because it's driven by profit margins and um and profit margins <laughs> it's driven by making money and easy chemistry and I, again i don't want to go into that because i talk about it a lot and people can find that one of the things I'm doing, here's my little personal plug. Just I, quick, Tim just said, and Tim, I agree, this is the reason why hemp should be held out in a special category similar to other renewable resources. Yeah, let's make special categories for hemp. It's a special plant, mm -hmm. hands down. Uh, you know, I am, I can say I've spent 25 years, like every day I ponder the human cannabis relationship and, and have reverence for it and, and, I'm one of a million people that do that. <laughs> so many people are wrapped up and interested in maybe not a million, but um, anyhow. So I want to talk about, I want to, okay, you go ahead. And then I want to go to your platform and I want to talk about like, okay. how is it traded? How are you managing this? What does it look well, like? Let, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to get there by telling a little bit of our, yeah. of our origin story. Yeah, please which do. I'm not sick of, even though I'm telling this all the time now, because it's now a company origin story, but wow. back to when I told you Lee Greer, who's, co-founder and uh, chief technology officer of this. I told you he's an economist. Um, he worked in banking. Yeah. He's a software coder, very smart guy. And, um, and we graduated high school together. We've been friends since junior high. So coming from the weed industry, the trust level was like, man, I needed yeah. this. But um, the, uh, the, what he has been, what he did after leaving banking is work for an industry, a company called BMI here in the in Nashville in the music industry, music licensing, the big big part of what <laughs> Nashville's identity is, right? 
um, he was the head economist, not a slouchy position, and um, involved in in really what is a company that is a hundred year old model of connecting song license holders, songwriters who are the uh, hold the rights to performing their songs, and the buyers of those rights, mm -hmm. which radio stations now it's streaming services, it's any bar that plays music has to buy a general license from these basically three entities that have worked for a hundred years on the idea that it's too complicated for songwriters to contract directly. And Lee basically decided that in the 21st century, this is not need to be, does not need to be the case. He has spent years developing a software platform called NPREX, the National Performance Rights Exchange, um, that does just that. If you're the owner of a song, whether you wrote it or you own a library for whatever reason, you can contract directly with radio stations and Spotify and and other entities without that middleman that traditionally cuts a great deal of the revenue out of the question. Um, now, that seems like an interesting segue, but somebody came to him, said, can you do this kind of thing for, you know, for the hemp industry? He thought of me in the first moment. We, he started tinkering with it, contacted me, and like I said, we've integrated hemp commodity, bulk commodities. We're not going to be selling like direct-to-consumer finished products, but anything that trades in bulk, whether it's raw fiber stock out of the field or, you know, dried, redded, whatever, you know, the commodity is, as long as it's accurately defined and something that's open for trade or different levels of herd or fiber, or cannabinoid biomass, like I'm not walking away from the cannabinoids. Um, um, they can trade on this platform. And type one cannabis too, if it's legal. Sure. Um, and, and um, but right now it's not. So that's not on the table in the United States for using our platform. Right. Um, but basically the, you know. Biomass kind of, is a real market, even in the industrial applications. Sure. You know, that's a real that's the start is there's yeah yeah that's the start of it mm -hmm. um and there are lots of challenges there that are well known to people who are new not new to this space right again quality assurance and knowing what kind of whether it's cannabinoid content or the fiber side is going to have questions like how do you gauge properties like tensile strength or physical uh, assessments like cellulose content or lignin i mean the kinds of things that are important and I'll, maybe I'll step into that in a second, just to finish where I'm at on the genesis of this. I mean, um, we, Lee has spent years creating a very smart um, software, software as a service for music licensing. Ironically, we've shifted to Nash X. It's spent, he's taken in much less time to repurpose. Yeah. We have the licensing for that underlying code that he wrote in perpetuity with no exceptions. We can apply to the hemp cannabis industries. So as an entity, NashX is at a great, you know, from a business perspective, and I'm now I'm now like president and CEO of a company and I'm thinking business, I'm talking investment. We we we're at a ground floor, but we have something that works. Yeah. It's been put a lot, it's patented. He's patented his software and the algorithms that run it. And uh, we haven't taken a nickel from anybody. So our cap table is by no means complicated. And we are great. You know, we're, we're not, we're trying to raise money right now. And we're not looking for things like a convertible note round. We feel like hemp is at the cusp of something. It's, it, it's not the rapid return on investment, the get rich quick thing that has driven so much thinking on the cannabis, the, the, mm -hmm. you know, the THC side, and then it infiltrated famously, you know, the, the CBD boom bust. Yeah. Um, so we're, it's important that both farmers and investors and anyone in the value chain, or that would be involved in investing in us, know that this is not a, a, a rapid return, but the blue sky ahead is much faster than something that people consume um, for psychoactivity or a wellness product. I mean, that's a big market, right? CBD is poised to be five, six billion dollar industry in the near future. But, you know, when you're talking about, but, yeah, in when you're talking about material sciences, there's eight different sectors that uh, are hundreds of millions to, I mean, billions, 
you know, yeah. it's, it's, we're it's vast open, and we're opening up major, major markets. Major. And, yeah. And we, you know, part of what I love about this company being very small and it's mostly me and him and, and a cluster, a group of good people we're building around us. You know, we don't have to talk about the fact that this could be a very lucrative thing. If we penetrate a slice of the, of the hemp industry as it grows and we earn pennies on dollars, it could be the more lucrative than anything I've ever done. But it's like, that's not at all what we're talking about. We're like, how do we make this work in a good way? Yeah. And we're starting in our backyard um, in, in Dixon County, Tennessee, where we both grew up and in the surrounding area in middle Tennessee, we're trying to get, we've got a group of fiber of, of farmers, serious farmers, our, our farming partner who actually also graduated high school with us. It's so ridiculous that I'm coming back to my roots this way. Um, his name is Todd Berry. He's a fourth generation farmer. He's surrounded by folks who've been farming in Tennessee a long time. Um, and, and we're assembling a group of folks who are very serious about putting fiber hemp in the ground and doing it smart. We want to make sure we're not overproducing, that we've got actual buyers and, and, and doing it cautious. But they also understand the value of not just solidifying committed contracts to one company, but helping to empower a transaction platform that can be a, a spot market. Um, and, you know, so right now you've asked, you know, how we're managing companies on the exchange. It, yeah. it, it is at a very beginning phase. The platform is, is live, but it's not running. It's not, it's in a, a demo mode, if you will. We are, it is, uh, we're running simulations, which is something I think is fantastic. You know, we're talking about trying to project where's it's one thing to get market analysis of like, hey, here's where things are selling for. Here's where we think they'll go. And other other businesses that are acting as would be hemp exchanges are certainly come from a background of market analysis and they're doing that. And that's informative. Um, but um, we're, we're able to run simulations on this and look like if we get this much for our group of farmers, how much will they make? How much will we make? What happens if we get you know, more, if they buy in more next year, if this happens here, what if the, what if these yarn folks in the Carolinas get a cluster of buyers and sellers that transact on the platform and how can we estimate? So I think we're getting, we're trying to be very methodical and scientific. We're both scientific guys yeah. about having realistic projections. And we think very conservative projections about where we'll go. Um, so that said, we've got a growing group of farmers in, in Middle Tennessee that are likely to go on the exchange. Actually, through a connection with you, um, we have the possibility, knock on desk, that, <laughs> that we are going to be able to help some of these farmers get rid of their 2019 biomass, move okay. it through the exchange, and... Um, it's important because working with farmers and trying to get them into fiber hemp now, because of what the CBD industry has sort of done or the way yeah. it's gone, there's a very big trust barrier. Yeah. You know, you, you gotta, you've got to talk to folks and realize what's going on here. And, and I know we know, we both know tough, tough stories about what's going on. Um, looking at the clock. Great. We got plenty of time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Ask me other questions about where they, exchange is, is going and how we're operating because we are in a starting place but we are I will emphasize perfectly functional I mean and and Nash X within it it can it can work within a, a regional boundaries right if I'm a so we take on uh, basically you can be a buyer or a seller right a farmer is a seller of a biomass Someone who's a processor can be both a buyer and a seller. They're going to buy stock or cannabinoid biomass and process it into something, a raw extract or a certain level of decorticated fiber or pelletized product, uh, um, and th which they will sell. And an end producer, you know, again, my old Patagonia, you call me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> automotive industries. I mean, the end producers could also buy their bulk commodities on this platform. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm not going to overstate how many we have signed up right now. We're 
I think we're building at a pace. We don't want to go too far ahead of our skis. People people are, have been very enthusiastic. I mean, my responses from this are great. And 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 it's and I'm I, I bounce off I've been bouncing off the wall some. I think we got onto a good thing. Whether I'm talking to academics who are running hemp research um, uh, programs at land grant universities, which I can very naturally. I'm an academic. Um, or whether I'm talking to people at family offices of very wealthy com- families that have been part of extractive oil industries, you know, you might not think of them running into hemp, but there is a lot of interest in that. They they understand the future. They want a better legacy. They want to uh, they want to help clean to. up the mess. They're going to have to. They're yeah. they're and they're going to have to. I mean, the penalties that are potentially coming, right? And I don't like, I'm not big for penalties. However, I think that's what's really starting to change in people's companies, this yeah. rate, this understanding and need for, you know, I've got to clean up, I've got to clean up what we did. And like, yeah. you said, and we personally at the association are looking at the family home offices as well, because so many of them, you know, commit funds to their story, to whatever their legacy that they want to leave behind. They do and, want a legacy. And hemp they is do. at the forefront of those conversations. Yep. Yeah. You know, you see all these Fortune 500 companies worldwide saying, signing sort of declarations of enhancing the sustainability of their mm-hmm. of their supply chain, as it were, or, or what they're what they're doing. And um, there, it it is an, a goal for legacy. And they're all these are all human beings, uh, even though they can seem dehumanized at the scale of their, you know, oh, yeah. but they're they are. But uh, but there's but it's also not all altruistic, right? Um, there, there, there's going to be accountability re- required. There's a call it a penalty or just call it a burden that must be carried by people who are entities that are contributing to the runaway ecological spiral mm-hmm. that we're in. Mm-hmm. That um, as a biologist, I you know I take at the forefront of my what's serious to me mm-hmm. and um so well, i probably lost the thread of exactly where i was going there but, okay. um, there's lots yeah. of comments coming in and lots of people with shout oh, I, bill, I saw bill um said to connect oh, a lot over a connection um and oh, bill Althouse. hello yep. welcome thanks for joining tim of course he says they want to capitalize that's exactly right that's um, you know, let me jump in here. Bill Althaus gave this thing about ASTM D thirty seven seven fiber committee. Yeah, um, I've been ex- I've been delighted to be. Um, I've joined this committee and subcommittee. This is part of where how I want to be on the the forefront of knowing where we're defining products and and the hemp industry is. You know, it's hemp is the, one of the oldest cultivated crops in mankind and in the new world and it's one of the least understood it's like the oldest and the newest at the same time how unique i have not been active at all on asdm yet other than sending back some balance some ballots bill i want to be um and i'm but i'm i'm definitely tuning in so that i can inform the, as point person for my company, the, the rules that we're putting in the exchange, the standards that we're creating, because when products are going to be listed on NASHX as a trading platform, as a spot market and a forward market, there has to be trust that we know what we're talking about. And, and it, you know, on the cannabinoid side of things, this certainly factors into how do you actually do proper sampling and lab testing that's scientifically informed. And um, it, it is, there are good players out there, but there are far many more that are not bad. Like I'm not trying to besmirch their integrity or their intent or their, you know, their goodness, but there's a lot in the lab testing space that are kind of over their head as far as being accurate. And they're doing it because it's a good, you know, business model for them. Um, we, we standards has to be a key part and, and we're making some progress, including some potential joint ventures. I'm very excited about, but can't really talk about, um, and you got a little visitor back there. Um, I know they're not supposed to be on the couch. So he looks right at me. <laughs> oh, good. She's busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, 
ASTM and other important, credible um, uh, uh, or entities are an important part of defining what these specifications are that are going to allow to the for the grading of products to help inform transactions. All of that's necessary if our platform is going to evolve to the kind of place where a transaction can be a, a buyer can state what they want. And this is what's baked into the platform right now. A buyer can say, I am looking for a hemp product of these specs. And and it, for example, it could be a cannabinoid profile. It could be fiber profiles. Although again, we're the industry is defining that and it's not there. So we haven't built all in there, but the the coding architecture is there that it's really it's not something big to add on to this um so a buyer in their search you know if you think of you're like going to etsy and searching for something that you want and in some ways that model is quite appropriate to what we're talking about here um the, there's a search function for the buyer the seller posts intense you know their their offer to sell basically and and there's a call it, a, of course, informed from the cannabinoid side, a COA. It's not just a PDF that their favorite lab put in. We're going to be working with our own labs and, and testing standard programs so that the cannabinoid profiles are entered into our own tables. So they are searchable. They're part of the matching. Mm -hmm. And NASHX at its core is a matching algorithm to match buyers and sellers and have true price discovery based on an actual moment-to-moment -moment spot price it gets all the more accurate with more and more use and traction obviously but um but that that's the kind of stable thing that has to happen where you know at, at the beginning it's going to involve escrow accounts as all transactions in the hemp industry right do right now mm -hmm. as trust is formed it's going to behave more like a mature market exchange where right. the, the buyers especially buyers that have appetite that are actual real processors real end users the buyers will be putting money up front into trust that nashx can use to execute a transaction and so it, it right now i mean if you and i match if i'm searching for a kind of biomass and you're selling a kind of biomass and we match up and we can give demos to this we can have a fully operational demo of the system um we can, you can say, I'm looking for, uh, I, I want to get at least 102% of the going spot price because my, my product is that good. And if I, as a, if a buyer is willing to pay that much, a match is made. And if we click the right buttons, there's a contract generated and it's, and it's to our deals with third-party logistics companies to try and add value by taking that off the plate, right? So there's pieces that are not fully assembled yet. But those are all sorts of the pieces that are there. And when that gets to the place where there's trust and the transaction is more fluid, and then we know if we've got an actual working spot and forward market, and then we can start applying to be regulated by the CFTC as a futures market and, and yeah. um, it can turn into the world of trading on derivatives and speculation and that kind of thing, which is outside of my expertise, but I talked to a really smart economist multiple times a day. And I, you know, I took microeconomics and political economy back in the day. Um, I'm very excited about those possibilities. And I think that in a few years, this yeah. is, this is optimistic sales pitch CEO talk, but I think in a couple of years, the industry is going to look back and be like, remember when like, there was like nobody processing hemp and there was like, dozens of different escrow accounts going on and law firms making pro making cuts off of every single one and oh remember that deal that had like five people in the middle between the farm and the buyer there needs to be more there will be a more efficient mechanism and nashx won't be the singular only one unless something happens and we just really crush it but you know, there, there's room for more than one market exchange, but we will have a, an efficient mechanism like we, NASHX is, going, is ready to be um, that minimizes the transaction costs, right. you know, so that there won't need to be superfluous middlemen. There won't need to be escrow accounts drawn up, you know, by your lawyer and my lawyer, and which slows the transactions down. It will be more, it will be more rapid and because 
and this is just part of the innovation that's needed if all of these products we're talking about right. from cars to shirts to Kleenex are going to integrate hemp. It has to be a more fluid marketplace. And this is part of the innovation. I, I knocked her off her feet. That was a mic drop moment. Mandy just lost her knees buckled about the future of Nash. <laughs> so I have a question and this comes up and I feel like is the market is still so premature. Uh, we see this a lot, right? Bill brought up yeah. a good point that what happens when the buyer, uh, say the farmer sells his crop on a futures market and the buyer falls through, what happens to secure that farmer's payment? Um, and how do we mitigate that risk, I guess? And I think, well, go ahead. I was reading a comment myself. You're talking about in a futures contract. Mm -hmm. Well, th the reason why uh, that, that selling futures contracts and where it becomes a sort of a secondary crop, a secondary market, if I'm banking on something that's not even in the ground yet right. and trying to buy that, yeah, there's a lot more opportunity for breach of contract. And the, the, and the contracting there is not uh, buyer to seller. The exchange is truly in the middle. Yes. And the exchange, I mean. You're brokering that. You're, that, you're the licensed broker on that contract exactly. let me step in there and say we are going to be the agents we the broker okay. has turned into yes it's a brokering but okay. broker has become such a bad word in the yeah. industry but that's what, <laughs> but, license broker as an exchange that's that's a standard that you become licensed to manage that well this is regulated by the yes. by the cftc the commodities future trading commission it's a very expensive proposition to get there we view that, to borrow the language that my partner Lee Greer uses, we see that as a feather in the cap. We want to run to that kind of regulation, but it takes it takes money and it takes the kind of spot market I'm talking about, which is really a contract executed between a buyer and a seller. Call it a farmer and a decort plant or something. We are facilitating that and we're, we're going to make our money on a transaction fee. And yes, we are going to help with escrow accounts involved. We're going to help to facilitate third-party logistics. At this point, we have no plan to run our own trucking. Um, we're going to, have to facilitate that by very intelligent partnerships with quality assurance. But it is still a contract that we are orchestrating between a buyer and a seller. When it gets to a true futures contract, and I mean, even here, there's we have to be very smart about the, the role possibility, the inevitability of disputes and our mechanisms for resolving disputes. And that comes into how you structure your contracts. Mm -hmm. And we've got, you know, I'm really excited and blessed about this, Mandy, because this is not my field of expertise, but I'm, I, you know, I'm resonating very well with my partners who have that kind of expertise. And, but, but when you get to that level of a futures market, that's, CFTC regulated and and the liability to breach a contract there's a reason why it's so regulated and and what you how you do to manage that kind of failure it has to have a stable spot market because that's part of the resolution of how you hedge that risk futures um, how you know what you're, yeah what you're yeah you hear this in insurance a lot too right it's hard to insure when we don't know any past record of the yeah. spot, you know, what, what are they getting? What are they producing? And so right. forth. You know, I mean, this is a very, it's as capitalist as can be, right? I mean, hedging your risk may involve futures from someone who's invested in it that isn't even a farmer or a processor, but they've put their money into the system. And so I can't give, I mean, one day you can have Lee on here and he can go oh, to the chalkboard and start drawing some some I bell curves it. and distributions and talk about how that works, but I'm not going to today. <laughs> I'm sure he's laughing to hear that. I'm not great at speaking to, so I would love to bring him on because it's the business part that is, yeah, that I'm missing. But I think this speaks to exactly what you said. This will be providing a way to hedge your physical long and short position. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking at some of these questions and some of yeah. them I can answer and some of them I can't. But um, I'm appreciating the the um, I'm, I'm appreciating the the warm uh, feedback. Uh, cool. So, cool. 
what's what next? Else? And who fits, who fits perfect? Who is the, if somebody's looking to connect with you, how do they reach out? And who is that ideal person, um, you know, to really start getting involved for the benefit of their, you know, futures and having access to contracts and so forth? Well, um, we certainly are, I mean, to, to cut perhaps a too broad of a stroke, we're certainly interested in making connections with anyone who are buyers and sellers in this value chain, right? There's debate about whether getting the buyers or sellers on board first matters the most. We feel like it just makes sense to start in our backyard with trying to support local farmers in Middle Tennessee and and trying to build a fiber hemp um, ag base here. But again, there's no... And, and, and that's where I'm at. It's where I can go out and like walk the ground and talk with, with folks. Yeah. But I'm also, I can travel too. I mean, I'm ready to go see some other places. And again, there's no reason why NASHX, if it starts slowly, there's no reason why we couldn't have some farmers in Tennessee connecting with buyers within a, a radius that works, you know. But we could also have if if folks that are farming fiber hemp in North Carolina and folks that are buying it to to go through ginning and yarn and make textiles there were to sit on the exchange, list themselves an exchange and list what they're interested in buying and what they'll have to sell, it would certainly help us for showing we're beyond a we're well beyond a proof of concept and, and impressing investors like these guys have their finger on the pulse, right? Um, but it would it could also it just makes the next step more easy for when that transaction is able to occur. Case in point, back to my farmers in Middle Tennessee, we have a potential buyer to unload old biomass for them. That might, it, you know, I, I can't promise that's going to happen yet because it's not a done deal. Yeah. But if these farmers are willing to put the product that they have and list it on our exchange, um, then someone else comes along and say, I'm looking for a million pounds of biomass because I want to crank this out. I know it's old, but I want to get what CBD I can out of it. Then if it's already there and listed and it, we can facilitate something um, that we we just become a, a good clearinghouse in that way. Um, it, it, that's a clearinghouse function, getting rid of your old stuff. Um, but so, yeah, I'm, I am interested where we are uh, acquiring letters of non-binding letters of intent, first of all, from farmers and processors and, and buyers. So anyone who might be willing to talk with me more and get and, and perhaps step forward is just sign an LOI. It helps our fundraising and our identity to say, yeah, hey, Earth Merchant has an intent to sit and sell on this transaction. By the way, Earth Merchant, one of your members, um, Gina was, was, shout, out Gina. was shout out they were the very first uh, and they can be buyers and sellers from uh -huh. their model they were the very first to sign an LOI awesome. there are others and I'm not going to go on a list she gets the props for being number one <laughs> but but um, yeah certainly I would I would I would love to have a big car company sign an LOI that yeah. or you know biodiesel or Levi's or what you know whatever say hey we have we see what you're doing. You guys are smart. This is needed. And we, in principle, will buy some of what we're doing on your spot market. That would help us, and we're very interested. I'm certainly also interested in folks that see this as a future and have money to invest, right? I mean, I'm in an investment mode, um, and we are having conversations here locally in Nashville. And um, I don't want to talk dollars and cents here, but we're not trying to shoot the moon. I mean, it's in the millions of what we're trying to raise, but um, uh, we, we, I'm, I am cautiously very optimistic as far as people love people who can write big checks thus far, love the story and want to learn more. You know, I'm not having any sort of 30 minute interviews that end with bam, here's your golden ticket, but um, it's all seeming very promising. And if, like I said, our company is very simple. The structure is very simple. Um, we are interested in advancing it by the sale of equity and not getting into too complex issues. Um, and uh, so anybody interested in that, hit me up. My, 
I don't even, I don't really properly have a nashx.com email address. My email is glgerdeman at gmail.com. I'll be happy if this leads to an avalanche of productive emails. But um, I, that's where I'm at. Um, well, and speaking of that, you've made some good connections through the association. And, I have. Um, there are a couple on here that I see. And speaking of Bill, I saw he shared his contact info. And I'll send over an email intro. He's got some product that he's looking to move as well or has some well, for it. Yeah. Bill and I had a long conversation one night. Oh, and uh, Which Bill? I'm happy. Bill Althaus. Is that who you're oh, talking about? Nope. There's another Bill. All right. Yes. Good. No, I, and listen. You've you you're the networking queen. Like I know you've been talking to people that I can oh, meet yeah. up with, and um, and yeah. So, I, I, you know, here's the thing. I was talking to, I made introduction to a wonderful researcher at Clemson, Kelly Flynn, um, who does a program there in, in yes. emerging crops, and I'm very interested to talk further with her. Um, and I, I I drop her name not gratuitously, but because she's talked. She was on. She's fresh on my mind, and she was talking about the thing about the hemp industry as it grows as a value chain, which I do love that expression. Um, it it's just it's important for every step of the value chain to know about the others. I used to say this when I was starting a vertically integrated medical cannabis company in Florida, and and having to argue about certain models, like, you know, the guys growing the cannabis have to know how it's going to be extracted it and 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 how it's going to end up as medicine um and and that sometimes ended up in a lot of scratching heads like why i'm just growing the i'm just growing it um but you you have to know the different levels um of the supply chain the value chain and it sounds like casting a big net here or being too adventurous but people that are playing a role in the value chain I want to meet, and I don't have the bandwidth to talk to all of them personally, but it's why I'm involved with GHA and attracted yeah. to you and and, and what yeah. is going on there. And um, yeah, so I'm happy to be part of this. Well, I've uh, been making notes of people to send over your way to connect with now that we've been on and yeah. our notes. And so Good. <laughs> I have not made very much headway into the, into the seed oil and grain sector. I talked to guys at Victory Hemp up in Kentucky but we haven't gone to, taken the conversation very far. Um, I think it would be a little, you know, there's just, there just has to be so much agronomy research put into play, right? It wasn't until the 2014 farm bill got implemented the year after, there was like zero field research in hemp in the modern right. era. So there is sort of conventional thinking that the grain crop is going to be more Montana and upper Midwest, and, but we don't know exactly how that's going to play out. And again, there's no reason why our mechanism can't be facilitating and, and being a preferred exchange transactional platform anywhere, even moving across other countries, which I haven't talked about yet. We don't want to get too far ahead, but some of our exciting partnerships already have some 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 uh, road some roads traveled and some and some uh, experience laying out partnerships in other countries and. Um, I, I look forward possibly having some really cool updates. If we can be a company that is acting locally right here in our neighborhood, working with farmers and trying to empower farmers, but also thinking and facilitating globally and tying this in, then we're going to have a real, a real winner. And after 2020, I've been telling people like, I'm ready to just spring for the fences. And this is a, right now I, I'm feeling good about it. So I love you said it so well one time. You said you felt like coming to our meetings and talking about the industrial side of this industry feels like it did back when you very first started in the medical side. And that, you know, it really is this new set of excitement and big solutions. I don't want to say problems, but big solutions that we're able to step in and lend a hand to and that's really exciting. There's problem solving. And, and yeah. it's a there's a mentality and an ethos for it. Hey, I have show and tell because yeah. I'm if if people could have glanced behind me, I've only recently moved into my house. I'm waiting on new carpets. I have nothing. I, I've re relinquished much in my life. I've got a bed and a desk and art to put on the wall. And this this is something I picked up. This is from a, a German uh, encyclopedia 
I think the edition was in the 1840s or something of my lights blaring fiber plants. Can you see our, yes. our cannabis plant up there? It's even got like a blow up of the trichome and the flowers. This is from, you know, early 19th century German encyclopedias about the kind of things that are staple fiber plants. We've forgotten it. It's a shame. Cannabis prohibition was nonsense in the first place, but throwing out fiber hemp was just beyond the pale. And we got a lot to recover from, but it's... The, the... It's really interesting to find out the calc as the calculations and the research really come to about the avoidance and the sequestration of carbon and the footprint that we're able to create or not create. It'll be interesting to figure out the damage that's been created by the lack of resource. Lack of well, there, there will be, yeah. I mean, assessing where the damage is. Down. Yeah. But, but looking on how to fix it is the most important thing. Yes. And the plant, the, the planet is remarkable. The cannabis plant is remarkable. And, you know, this will be take two. I know we're wrapping up here on the hour, but um, we're, keenly interested in the science of assessing carbon capture and locking it up, you know, not just capturing carbon and then it goes away, it goes back in the atmosphere. But the, and I know a lot of your members are interested in this too, but we are interested in, in being part of the innovation of assessing carbon. Because see, that's the thing, our platform also, it's not just matching buyers and sellers based on, hey, what's your fiber content? We can have all these value-added descriptors of this is a regenerative you. farm this is an organic farm this quantitatively when we get to that point is the carbon value. capture and the potential carbon uh offset value of this now this is a complicated question right because carbon offsets it's it's a mess it's a big juggle and we already i mean lee's already put in his economic financial services mindset to like hey how come carbon credits aren't traded like this and and he's got a great idea that might be kind of part of our IP. And we certainly view it down the line as something that we can help uh, hemp farmers and industries transact those, um, you know, th those credits, you know, that actual revenue value to what they're doing when it comes to sequestering carbon and regenerating the soil. Hopefully they'll start getting points for soil regeneration and not just carbon capture because drawing down carbon is only part of it. We've got to replenish the living, breathing, living uh, topsoil or, so or we're doomed. That, that's something that keeps coming up and I become more and more excited about it. The reality that we have an opportunity to do that through the supply chain with hemp and biochar and I mean, just as pieces of this, right? Yeah. The energy yeah. sector attached to that is just, it's exciting. And I think that the carbon is just exciting. a piece of this that, you know, to add on top of the commodity itself. Um, it's just a piece, but they're cool. all, you talk about, oh, this is a piece, this is a piece and they're all big pieces. And that's part of the thing with investors you're talking to them like, we don't know where this is going to go, but if we go tra traction here, we're going to be doing good and making good money. If we get traction here, we're going to be doing good and there's going to be good money. It's like yeah. we don't have to own or dominate a market. We, we have to be an important part, a part of the innovation that gets this thing going because where this is going is something that the world is going to be. This is a global phenomenon. Oh, yeah. and so and we yes are behind the game on some of it <laughs> like we're ahead on some don't get me wrong but it's not like we are sitting at the forefront on a global scale of the united states yeah no it's not like that at all <laughs> it is not like that <laughs> um, so that's you know, what we're and, and, is knowing yeah. that there's people it's not that we it's it's not just an idea it's happening and people are yeah. and you're an exact example of this is no longer a figment of our imagination. We have the capability to spot buy and buy futures and transact legitimately in the hemp industry with secure transactions and contracts. And that's exciting. Well, buying futures, we're not there yet, at least in the ways that we're aiming to be there, right. other than a handshake that says, I promise. But we're, yeah, we're, we're building there. We will, we will get there. He's got a timer. He knows. Um, 
So we're getting there. And the, I think the future is very bright in this. Um, you know, on this face, the future is very harrowing in many different ways uh, uh, as an ecosystem on planet Earth. And that, ironically enough, is why. Let me end. I mean, I know we got to wrap up here. But um, the endocannabinoid system has been the birth of my career and what I've been focused on, and it's gotten a lot of traction about why cannabis as medicine has real validation now, is all about the homeostasis of the body. It's why we're so excited about endocannabinoids as master regulators. You know, it, it can sometimes seem overly romantic, but the hemp plant, the cannabis plant, has such a role in helping achieve homeostasis and balance and chemistry buffering on an ecosystem planetary scale that I, I see it as, as more the same different level of the same sort of fractal reality and i'll stop before i start getting all mystical on you but, um, but I think that's really there's where, great future right and and i think being able to marry that with the economic piece it's reality that we are yes. now able to be sustainable and profitable and yeah. and live in you know live in harmony if that's what you want to call it well there's and, and on, on the political Everything is so contentious politically. At a, it's almost off the charts. It is off the charts how yeah. contentious things are politically. But hemp is an issue that is not just a left-leaning environmentalist issue. It really is an issue for different reasons we've touched on that all sides of the political spectrum can and I think must come to agreement on. And the economic system is going to work to help advance this industry. And so... It is a good investment for patient investors and people who want to have an actual legacy and help farmers and help business. And, um, you know, let's go. Yes, I'm excited, excited. Well, Jennifer, I saw you popped on. If you're still on, hello. She's another great person to connect with. Um, Perfect. I, um, I'd love to put a little group together and chat about some of this uh, specific, specifically. So maybe we can collaborate and see how we can utilize, utilize our network and really get more conversations going. And then you still owe me a trip to North Carolina to visit some of these farmers. So I'm going to hold you to this and we're going to go visit some. And because I know there's a I'm lot. I'm bring you to Tennessee too. Let's start in Nashville and take a road trip. Please. please. I'm not kidding. I'm not either. <laughs> I won't get sick this time. Kayla, if you're, yeah, exactly. Kayla, if you're listening, uh, we're going to swing by and pick you up on the way so we can dive in. There's another farm that we want to go visit out in California specifically and a couple in Texas. So shout I out can, to everybody that's over there. All right. I can, okay. I can stand California. Yeah. I'm going to be going to, I'm going to be going to the hemp building summit in Austin at the end of the yeah. month. I may be going to a Texas hemp thing that I did not know about a conference in Nash in, in, in November, but Kelly Flynn turned me on to it. I'm going to be going to world cannabis business expo in New York city at the beginning of November. I'm planning on going to the hemp at the crossroads fiber event that the Midwest hemp council is doing up in Indiana in early December. So I'm starting to get my sort of game on with, with being a, a road show more now that we, we've been, we've been nesting and building this, um, the, the core of our company but um as someone who i mean is going to be at the front of it i'm going to have to hit the road and and meet people and and that's part of what i want i like being the front of this i'm not a banker in a silk tie going to see a fiber plant i'm a biologist i have a just a ravenous appetite to learn more and i want to learn more and help you know the industry so i'm happy right. to see folks and meet folks and thanks for having me on Yes. Well, send me those dates. So let's collaborate and see. Um, okay. you're, you're going to the MJ biz next week. No. Yeah, I haven't either. Well, I don't know. I was saying yesterday I've got major FOMO because everybody keeps reaching out about doing events and meeting up. And I so, have actually never been to MJ biz. I haven't either. Uh, I haven't either. I've, people get surprised. Uh, there are research scientists like at universities all over the world who will know who I am and look back and, and, and think about that. And yet if I met like some vc after party at mg mj biz they will not know who i am <laughs> maybe ultimate maybe they will before long but no i didn't i didn't prioritize that okay well let's let's collaborate on some of these others i'd love to join i i've considered i actually have another gentleman that's building a pretty good sized facility that's going to be attending a couple you mentioned um so yeah 
I'd love Excellent. to get, get them on the schedule. Well, if if yeah. folks are looking to build anything in Tennessee, like I'm dialed in in Tennessee with the ag community and, um, and, you know, placement of facilities is important and I can give input about where the right routes are. And I, I mean, I'd be leaning heavily on, on the folks that I'm connected with now, but well, the, the royal I and my team. <laughs> there is an I in team. It's between the A, the capital A. That's it. <laughs> uh, well, it's like Nash X has a silent C right now. It's Nash CX, but we've gravitated to calling it Nash X. And, you know, who knows exactly where the name may morph over time. It's fairly, it's, it's a traditional way to name a commodity exchange after the town that it's in. And yeah. we definitely want local business and political um, momentum and excitement about being from this part of the country supporting for sure yeah well i'm excited you have you have our team and everything that we're doing standing behind you so um Thanks, Mandy. Support, don't hesitate to reach out and anybody else listening uh, i see we still have quite a few people on but when don't hesitate yeah. to drop a note reach out to greg um if you guys need anything on my side don't hesitate to holler at me and i can help make the connection and then uh, if I haven't met with any of you or Greg, I'd love to have you and I had spoken previously about maybe putting together some additional education content. I'd love to see if we can put that on yeah. the over this next. That's months. a great way to end because at the end of it, I may come across as I've worn a ton of different hats, but I really am an educator. And um, as as Nashex grows, I'm not going to be a CEO who's like running all the fintech and all of this, but I aim to be very much involved with more accessible education, educate the value chain, help provide accessible digital content, white papers, whatever, so that, you know, farmers are learning stuff they want to at the, at, you know, at the pace and direction they want to, you know, so it's, I've got a lot of aspiration. I'm not going to ever quit learning or teaching what I've learned. I love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Well, you've got my wheels turning. So Yay. Cool. for now, thank you very, very All much right. for your time today. Thank you everybody else for joining. We'll see you guys you next all. week. Uh, next week on Tuesday is actually our networking meeting. Uh, so log on to globalhempassociation.org or hemphallway.com to find the events. But it's on Tuesday. We break off into small groups of four to five people each. We do that twice. So it's a great opportunity to connect and build relationships. Yeah. Join the Global Hemp Association. What he said. <laughs> okay. We'll talk later. Thank Thanks. you. Guys. Thanks, man. Bye.